0: Evening, guys. Welcome to another Wednesday Midweek teaching. Today, we are going to be in John chapter 17. We're going to be finishing off the chapter this week as well. So, before we do a quick recap, before we even get into it, we'll just pray. Father, we praise and We thank you for your word. We thank you that you speak to us through it. We thank you that you delight in having a relationship with us. We thank you that you delight in speaking to us. We pray that as we go through your word tonight, that uh, we would have ears to hear what you have to say. That you'd give me the words to um, speak whatever you want me to say, and you'd hold me back from saying things that I maybe even plan to say, but that you don't want me to say. Father, I pray that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit tonight. Whether it's through the words that you give me to say, or whether it's just through your Holy Spirit speaking to you, each of us individually about something that you want to pull out, uh, just to speak to us individually. Father, we ask that you would, you'd continue to speak to us tonight and that we would have ears to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, as a quick recap, we were talking about uh, being made holy by the truth, being made holy by the word of God. And, uh, us being vessels of honour, vessels that are useful in the maker's hands, vessels that are effective tools in the maker's hands, and actually allowing him to work in us and allowing him to work through us as those vessels. So if you want to, you know, go more on that, you can uh, see last week, but this week we're going to be picking up in verse 20, and we're going to be finishing off the chapter, Yeah. That's right, means we're going to be done with this chapter, probably. So, verse 20 says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. This is Jesus continuing to pray and finishing off this prayer here. He says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through that message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me, and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Oh, righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do, and these disciples know you sent me. I revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. So Jesus is continuing to pray for his disciples, and expands this out to say that he's praying not only for his disciples here who are with him, but to also pray for all those who hear through the gospel. That includes us, because we've heard from it being passed down to the next person, to the next person, to the next person, until it's gotten to us. So Jesus is praying for you and I at this point in time when he's praying here. He's praying for all of us. Jesus is praying that the church, all of us believers, would be one. That we would be united. Regardless of any social status, regardless of race, regardless of the country that you were born in, regardless of uh, any cultural uh, things that you may have that may initially even stop you from socializing with certain people. Regardless of your political leanings or uh, how much money you have or anything else like that. Because those things aren't what The Lord wants to unite us. Here. Because he says those things aren't enough. They're passing things. You know money can be gone in an instant. If you're united with someone. Because you have the same figures in your bank account. And the next minute. Something happens and you don't have the same figures. As that person anymore. It can change any minute. But what unites you with that person. Is Jesus Christ. It's that we're all part of the bride of Christ, that is what should be uniting us, that is what makes us one church. It's the fact that each and every single one of us stands at the foot of the cross. We all have that same base, we all have that same standing. We all stand at the foot of the cross in need of a saviour. And so we are all one, coming to the cross saying, I need a saviour and we are all putting our trust in Christ upon his death and his resurrection and us being part of the Bride of Christ unites us as one in Jesus Christ. We're all one because we are the Bride of Christ. We're united in spirit, we're united in Jesus Christ when we choose to accept him and to trust him. And when we do that We're given the glory of Christ in us. We're made alive because once we were dead. And now we're made alive in Christ. So now Christ lives in us. And so we display the glory of Christ in us. Ephesians 2 verses 1 to 7 says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. And then 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 says, for God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts. So the same light that he created the universe with, that he created our world with, he's made that same light to shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. And 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So looking at these, you just see the immense change that goes on from us being dead in our sin to now being in this position where the light that created the universe, God himself, dwells within us. And he glorifies himself in us. And he makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. As it says at the end of verse 18 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. So we display this glory of Christ. And that glory isn't the sort of glory that you think of when you go to sports matches and stuff. And you see the guy on the podium and he's like waving around his champagne bottle or whatever else. And, you know... making a big scene of it. This glory isn't pride or a confidence in us. It's a humility and a confidence in Christ alone. It's uh, to have the fragrance of Jesus Christ. And I really like that picture because it's almost like that quiet thing you know, it's not loud. You see someone from across the room and you don't necessarily immediately smell that person if they're wearing, like, a really great deodorant or perfume or whatever else like that. But when they pass you by, you smell it. And you're like, that's really good. You know, hopefully. Um, and that's how our life should be. That as uh, we are interacting in other people's lives, that they get a whiff of Christ. That they say that's different that what what is this you know when someone's wearing you know really good deodorant or perfume you're like oh that smells really nice what is that you want to know more about it and so when you get the fragrance of Christ you want to know more about him you say that's different Why, why are you acting like this what why are you doing this because it's the fragrance of Christ And so it's the chance for us then to be able to share Christ. It's for people to be able to see Christ in us, for Christ to be glorified. Because that glory isn't ours, that glory is Christ's. And that glory is there as we're made more like him. And verse 21 and verse 23 of John chapter 17 talk about what this should produce outside of us. Because outside of us, outside of changing us, It should produce a harvest. We should be going out and sharing the gospel. It should produce a harvest of people believing in Jesus Christ. Because it's us in Christ, like we read in Colossians 3 verse 3, for you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And it's Christ in us, his Holy Spirit within us. It's Christ, uh, us being formed into the image of Jesus Christ. Is for Christ to be glorified and for him to be made known, because as we do that, our lives may very well be the only Bible that some people read. Some people may not choose to read the Bible they may see it and they're like, "No, nah, I don't want any of that, but they may be interacting with us and so it's our job to then glorify Christ in our lives that then even if they're not reading the Bible, that they still see. Wait a minute! What's this? Why are you acting like this, or whatever else like this? And it's a chance for us to be able to share who Jesus Christ is, by our actions and by our words, that other people can then see. I've heard, I've heard stuff about religion and stuff, but this Jesus is different from what I've heard. Like I may actually see Jesus Christ, who he truly is, not, you know, what tons of other people will talk about you know you know the rubbish that exists out there but to say no this is the truth that is in God's Word that can be shared in our very lives so when others look at our lives and they know that we're Christians how do they perceive Christ how does our own unity with other Christians affect how people see Christ in us I remember growing up it, going to different churches and, you know, you go and you fellowship afterwards and, you know, everything seemed perfectly normal and fine, you know, you, you go to church and you fellowship and then you go home and, you know, kind of seemed normal until I came to Cambridge, Chapel Birmingham and fellowshipping afterwards was very different. It didn't, I didn't experience what I felt was supposed to be normal as a a simple just civil conversation and kind of move off, but I actually felt genuinely loved in those conversations that I was having and as I continued to fellowship, I saw that it was truly a genuine love and a a desire to see how I was and uh, actually genuine engaging conversations where even older people would have peer-to-peer conversations with me rather than, you know, hey, you know, I've got some wisdom to give you, buddy. And, you know, that was all well and good, but it was true, like, fellowship. And I felt the genuine love of a unity within the body that I just hadn't experienced before. And experiencing that kind of unity in fellowship affected how I saw the church, because for me, I was then realizing it's not just uh, oh, you know, it's my walk with Jesus and that person has their walk with Jesus and, but it was all together, it was, we are the bride of Christ, we are one church and there is Jesus Christ and he cares and loves each one of us individually, but then there is also this unity among the body. we are all there with one another and for one another because we you know we're able to bear one another's burdens we're able to walk with one another through the highs and lows of life and all of a sudden that really changed how I saw the church and it affected how I saw the church and it, it then affected how I also saw Jesus in that as well and it's because this unity wasn't put on by human effort. It wasn't done because, oh, I need to be friendly to these people or whatever else like that. But it was done because the Spirit was moving in people, because the Lord gave people a love for me when I walked through the doors and for my family when we walked through the doors. That we genuinely, we felt genuinely loved rather than just, oh, yes, it's, it's a civil welcome and thank you and everything else like that. But... It wasn't this human effort that was there. It was the spirit moving and the spirit's love that was then being felt. That uh, the spirit was moving and working in them and likewise us as people come and uh, they come to church and that they can feel that same unity, the unity that is done by the Lord loving us and us loving others, not a unity of us just trying to be civil. And as we do that, as we grow closer to Christ, we find that we grow closer in that unity because we're all in Christ and so we can grow together in our love for Christ and in our love for one another as well. It's a unity birthed and grown in a love for God. Unity that is by the spirit, not by human effort. Because the world is going to seek to unite humankind by human effort. And that's mainly through compromise. It's not through love because it has a very different idea of what that love looks like. The love that the world has is a very different love that the Lord has. The Lord shows us what true love looks like. Whereas the world has a very different idea and a very different Walked idea of what love looks like and so the world seeks to unite us through compromise being okay with different things and whatever else like that just to get along together but the world says that everyone is right and so just to accept that but it doesn't in that it doesn't accept that only god is right because there's conflicting ideas about what is right And so what's really right then? Because there has to be a truth. There has to be what is truly right. And that is the God who created the universe. He says what is right. And so we can stand on that solid rock because the world is gonna seek to unite us with compromise, which doesn't go very far because who's really right in that sense. But God unites us with a love that is in him. And God unites us with a love that is in in him and a love that we can have for those who, you, you know, may be doing things that we don't agree with, but we don't have to compromise in order to love them and to be friends with them. But we're actually able to love from the love that we have from Jesus Christ that fuels us and is able to love in a far deeper and far better way than just we humanly can do. So God has united us in Jesus Christ through his love for us and we can grow in this relationship in this us being united with him by simply growing in our love for him by spending time with him the same way that you do with any other relationship we are united with one another as we grow in Christ and by being part of the bride of Christ because we're already united in him and so as we grow in love for him we grow in our love for one another and then, as we grow in this love for one another, as we grow in this love for Jesus Christ, we seek to make him known by by our love for him, and we seek to make him known and seek for others to know him by the love that he gives us for the world around us. By that same love with which he came and he died for the world, he gives us to say, hey, go. And, uh, declare my word to the rest of the world, the world that I have given my life for. So he gives us this uh, love for the world that is perishing, a love that goes beyond any human effort for people. This love in Christ is what should unite us, because it's the only true binding agent. When we base our lives on the rock, we're united with Christ, and we're united with all those who do the same. This grounding and this unity with God and with his bride, the church, enables us to then fulfill the gospel calling in our own lives and to proclaim what he's already done in us and to proclaim what he did upon that cross to the rest of the world. So that others may do what we have already done and that they may accept Jesus Christ for who he is as the savior of the world. That they may put their trust in Christ alone and if you haven't put your trust in him then I urge you to do so today to recognize your need for a saviour just as each one of us has a need for a saviour the Romans tells us for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God there's not one of us who doesn't need a saviour and so if you haven't accepted Jesus I urge you to do that today to just pray quietly on your own and to just thank him for what he's done, to apologize for the sin in your life, and to turn to him, to simply trust upon the finished work of the cross. There's no effort on our part, it's simply accepting the free gift that he has done upon the cross, to accept that Jesus Christ died for your sins, and to turn to him, to trust that he has saved you from your sins, to trust that he cleanses you from all sin. And... If you do that you're free in him today and if you already know him then let's press on closer to him let's press on closer in our relationship with Jesus Christ let's spend time with him and grow in unity with him and grow in unity with one another to love one another and display Jesus Christ in our lives such that others can see Christ in us And glorify him because of it. And that others would then come to know Christ because of it as well. So, we're going to end it there. um, And that is the end of chapter 17. God bless you guys. I'm just going to pray. Father, we praise you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness and for your kindness. We thank you for watching over us. We thank you for your love for us. We pray that you'd help us to grow in this love.
1: We pray that you'd
0: help us to grow in love for you, in love for one another. You'd give us um, a continued boldness to share you with those around us. You would continue to transform and uh, mould us and shape us more and more in the image of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you would uh, continue to help us to walk in your ways, to not get distracted by the things of this world, Um, to not seek... Uh, the unity by the way of the world, by way of compromise, but to seek unity by way of love, to have unity in the love uh, that you give us. And Father, that we would uh, glorify your name, and that we would honor you with our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.